Coming up on this episode of the runningrestaurants.com podcast, I interview Stefan Kumjev, co-founder of Breeze, which is a tech company featuring QR code-based ordering and payment. We actually cover quite a bit about the service process while also getting into the tech behind what they do. So check it out. All right, welcome to the runningrestaurants.com podcast, where we bring you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to make your restaurant more profitable and successful. I'm your host, Jamie Oikel, and today we've got a great episode featuring uh, Stefan Kumjev of Breeze, which is a tech company featuring QR code-based ordering and payment. So let's start with a little bit about you guys, the company, what your team's doing. What do you got? Yeah, so our product lets guests at restaurants scan a QR code that would be on their table when they've been seated to dine in. And from there, they can browse the menu. They can also submit orders straight to the kitchen from their phone, and they can also pay at the end of their meal when they're ready to get up and leave. And the nice thing about Breeze that's a little different is it's intended to be used alongside waiters uh, for people to still be submitting things through their servers pretty actively. And it's supposed to be a tool that lets them also submit certain things from their phones if it's more convenient to do so and then of course pay at the end so that's the concept yeah i want to ask you a few things about that and dig into it and uh, i know you guys are relatively new um we'll probably go out to the website for a little bit and poke, poke around there with what you're doing but uh as a new company was the derivation covid inspired or was it already something in the background tell me a little bit about that because you guys are in new york new york locked down pretty hard restaurant wise it did, yeah. And obviously, COVID has been a huge part of our strategy, but it wasn't actually the reason we decided to create this product. We began working on it a little bit before the pandemic hit. And the reason we were inspired to do this is because we thought there was a lot of potential in technology that allowed guests to order from their own seats. But we thought that there were a lot of flaws uh, associated with products that attempted to do this. And we thought that it was a type of product that needed to be done very, very carefully because you, there, there are many personal aspects of dining that you don't want to get rid of. And so we had a vision in mind for how we could build a product that allowed guests to order and pay from, from their own devices without really compromising service in the way that we think was common with these types of products. Um, and kind of coincidentally, the pandemic happened while we were developing it, while we were getting ready to launch it. And what the pandemic did for us is it made us rethink how the product works, change a few things. But generally speaking, this is this is an idea we had before COVID and uh, it just happened to coincide with our with our launch. Yeah, listen, I mean, absolutely. And, and the, the word contactless would probably be something that you guys bumped into a lot, right? And, and that was that was the need in the restaurants. And if I asked you five years ago about this idea, you'd say, oh, that's great. But like, not everyone has a phone, but of course everyone has a phone now. So no, no, no wishes there. Um, it's, it simplifies the process. And yeah, the feedback right away would be, oh, well, does it take that personal touch out of it? The wait staff stuff. So let's, let's, let we're going to go on a few things, but let's go back to the wait staff first. Give me a typical use case, uh, restaurant type that might be, might be, or is using your product um, obviously I get it. They sit down, they scan it. When does the server come in, into the process before, after, during, what is something, what does it look like? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so when, when a guest enters the restaurant, usually there's a greeter or a host that, um, walks them over to whatever table they sit down at. And during this 
moment when they're being walked over, when you'd normally receive physical menus, um, the guests are being informed about how the system works. In just one or two brief sentences, they're told, listen, you have this QR code that lets you order from your phones. You can also pay at the end using that QR code, uh, but you're still going to have a server. You're about to meet them in a moment and you can continue taking orders from them. This is just a convenience tool. You don't have to use it if you don't want. That's basically it's how it's introduced. And this introduction and this framing of the product is a big part of making it compatible with service and with servers, which is exactly what we, we want and what we care about. Um, and the reason this introduction is a key part of it is because it allows the user to understand that um, you know, they're still gonna be served and that they don't have to order everything through their phone if they don't want to. Um, and just having that awareness helps them become a lot more comfortable with the product and with the experience. Uh, and it kind of removes ambiguity that can exist in places that are using this type of technology if it's not explained to the user how it operates. A, co a, co a couple of things that I see in my head, and I know I would absolutely like parts of it because as, as a user, sometimes I want, I, I know the place, I wanna come in, I wanna order quickly, that's a use case. I wanna pay quickly at the end. Um, I've been eating and I just want another beer. I don't wanna have to flag somebody down. I probably just uh, scan the QR code, put, on the, put in the app and now the bar is sending that out to me. So that, that, start, that, that's, that stuff, I, I really, really like that aspect of it. Talk about the, uh, the, the upsell part of it. I know on your, on your site, you reference a stat that it increases sales and I, think in my head, part of that comes from as I, as I use the phone and I look at the thing, I go, oh yeah, I want to add that. Or maybe it's making suggestions. Is that some of what's going on? Absolutely. Yeah. So to address the use case point first, um, you know, you, you highlighted some of the most common ones where this would be used. Like if you just want to refill, it makes sense to be able to click a button on your phone and get a refill. Um, or if you can't find your server because it's really busy and they're swamped and they're somewhere on the other end of the restaurant, you know, that's a use case where it's very intuitive to be able to click a button. Um, and I guess the thing that's different with our product is that we, we recognize that there are a lot of use cases where it makes sense to click a button and get an order. But even if you can order everything th from your phone, there are also use cases, even today, where you would prefer to order through your server, like if you have special requests or if you have dietary restrictions. And so that's why it's specifically designed to allow the guests to mix and match as flexibly as they want, because we're aware that, yes, it's great to order through your phone for certain things, but it's also crucial to be able to order through a person for other things if you want that. And so it's designed to let people do both. And for restaurants, the things that they've enjoyed and appreciated are number one, first and foremost, people are spending more. Um, a lot of people are adding things onto their meals, toppings and so forth that they might not have known were available, but now can very flexibly add at the push of a button and they see very clearly that they're available. Uh, another example is that people tend to get more refills. And the reason is obviously the user experience makes it very smooth and easy to do so. You just click a button and get another refill. But also these are some orders that restaurants might have missed out on in a conventional setting without tools like this. Because if your server happens to be really far away, you might not get a drink. Uh, and if by the time your server comes to take your order and you would have gotten a refill, if by that moment you've gotten your meal served already, then you might decide, you know what, I don't need that extra refill. So there are a lot of missed orders that could be happening that aren't just because it's a little inconvenient to get that additional order. And Breeze lets the restaurants capture those pretty uh, pretty consistently. 
Yeah, there's there's so much profit in another glass of wine. Uh, there's so much profit in an, in another in another beer, like like huge, like you know six dollars for a beer that costs you less than a buck as a, as a restaurant and so forth. Better even better probably on the wine side, or as good. And uh, and yeah, a lot of times it's if they if their timing is off. And yeah, I just finished the meal. I'm like, I got a few sips left. I'm like, ah, shit. I, I'll just I'll just I'll just milk this one slow, and 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 not bother getting another one. Whereas if if I just like was eating and boom, I want to get it. I want to get, I want to get another beverage. Um, that absolutely is, is a way, is a way to boost profit. So I, I see that hundred percent now. Yeah. Let's, let's go, let's go where you guys are in New York. Um, so many restaurants, like a zillion restaurants. We lived there years back and, and, uh, obviously big restaurant town COVID COVID aside. Um, are you guys more, obviously this is a sit down. Well, I guess it could be quick service as well, but I'm thinking of a sit down environment, right? Where I get there, I scan, I scan the code, what are typical restaurants looking like? Do you guys only work with New York? Can it work anywhere? What do you got? Yeah, so this this can work anywhere. Uh, we're just based in the tri-state area, and that's where we began uh, and launched. And But in general, there's nothing that prevents restaurants in other regions from using it. It certainly can work in other regions. Um, and the type of restaurant that we've, we've been working with most actively is... Uh, sort of mid-tier, fast, casual, uh, casual. We have some new American restaurants um, as well. So that's uh, that's kind of been the theme so far. But to be honest, it's not extremely consistent. There is a pretty wide variety, especially with the pandemic, um, you know, causing lots of changes in how restaurants operate. There are many places that wouldn't have ever used something like this before the pandemic that have realized it actually makes sense for them. Um, so it's it's not too... Uh, kind of targeted or in, designed for one type of restaurant. Um, but the ones that we've had most success with so far and, and been most widely used in are sort of full service, uh, generally casual, fast casual, um, mid-tier restaurants. Got it. Got it. Um, question for you that came came up a little while ago. You mentioned POS, order goes to the POS. And some people will ask, okay, is it a separate tablet thing? Do you integrate with this? Do you integrate with that? What does that side of it look like? Yeah, that's a great question. So a, a big part of this technology and a big part of the value of the product, specifically for restaurants, is what happens after the customer clicks submit. Um, so first and foremost, restaurants have a choice. They can either just set it up so that when a customer clicks submit, that order goes straight to the kitchen and gets printed out at a printer, if, if that's what normally happens, or displayed on a KDS screen, if that's what they have. Um, Alternatively, it can go first to the server, and then from the server, it goes to the POS and then gets printed out. Um, and what we what we found is is that the second approach, the second method, is what most full service restaurants prefer and actually makes a lot more sense for them. And the reason for this is that um, if customers were submitting things directly to the POS themselves, then there's risk that it won't be prepared in the right way. Like if there are four people sitting down and one person submits their dessert at the same time as another person submits their entree, um, you know, the kitchen would probably just prepare those at the same time unless they have someone there monitoring how all the orders come in and then instructing the cooks how to prepare them. But, um, but by sending the orders from the customer first to the server and letting them vet the orders to make sure they all look normal, that all of the special requests are, are doable, and then uh, only then sending them to the POS, the restaurant is able to um, manage how the customer submissions are coming in and how they're being prepared and how they're being timed. Um, so that's how it works 
after the customer clicks the submit button. And in terms of integration, yes, it integrates with restaurant POS systems. Uh, we don't integrate with every single POS brand. There are quite a bit um, and there are new ones popping up pretty frequently. But some of the major ones uh, like Micros, PosiTouch, we do integrate with. Um, and we're actively building additional integrations uh, so that we can work with more types of restaurants. Right. Yeah. There, there are so many uh, different POS uh, companies and, and the software is, is changing all the time. You mentioned the, all right. So the server gets it. I assume they're just, they're eyeballing the changes rather than looking at the changes and actually typing them in again. If they just, if they agree that everything looks good, boom, then they just hit a button. So that speeds the process. Is that, that a fair statement? Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's, that's exactly how it works. And again, the, the whole intention of this product is to let guests flexibly order themselves from their own phones and their servers through their servers. And one of the things that we have, so we've created a, a server app that allows the servers to see how things are being submitted from their customers. And this is the app they use to just make sure everything looks good. And then forward it onto the kitchen. Um, and the other thing that they can do through this app is they can actually add new orders on behalf of these tables, on behalf of these customers. Uh, so this helps them with speed and efficiency a lot of the time, because if you are at a table and they say, hey, I just want a drink refill, the server is able to use a device and on the spot actually make that change rather than have to go to the POS or go to the kitchen the way they normally would have. Um, so that's that's the other feature that, that the, the servers get in addition to being able to vet everything and, and control how it goes to the kitchen. Just logistical question, like do the servers literally have a different device or it's going to a mobile phone that they carry and then it's pinging them when something happens or they are they like just they go to a screen every once in a while and, and check in for what's for what's up. So the servers have their own device and it actually can be their phone if the restaurants prefer to use that option um, or alternatively, it can be a small handheld device. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And so when, when they get a submission from any one of their table, that device buzzes, it vibrates and makes a sound so they can see like, Oh, table 24 just submitted another cocktail. Cool. Uh, and then they forward it on. Um, also, if, if anyone from their table has any special requests or just needs help, uh, they can send a notification which creates a sound and makes a buzzing happen on that device. And the server sees like, oh, table 24 wants my help. Let me go over there. Cool. I, I'm going to, I'm going to jump out real quick to your site. We'll poke around for a little bit. Is this come out? Does this come up fine for you? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, so this one we kind of already talked about, right? You, you, you point to a, you know, 15% increase in, in per check, anything you want to add along those lines or how, where you guys are seeing the most success? So this is especially pronounced with rest for restaurants that have a bar. Uh, if there's a bar and if drinks are being sold, this effect is magnified. Um, and the other space and other scenario where this happens a lot is with add-ons. Um, so if you have like pizza and you can add toppings onto that pizza for like a dollar each, um, that is the moment where, where these increase in check sizes happen as well as drinks. Yeah. And so I, I guess we already, we already touched on this, but the, I scan the QR code and you guys are doing the full menu presentation on there in terms of including making the suggestions like adding the, the mushrooms or the, the cheese and so forth. So, so that, that piece is actually a robust part, uh, part of the process that has to be done, done. Well, what have you learned there about kind of that interface of online, not online ordering, but, 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 uh, phone-based or tablet-based ordering that helps people order more? Like what, what, what can people take away there? 
there, there are a lot, a lot of fascinating lessons there, actually. It's a very interesting psychological um, content area. You know, even the most subtle changes in design or layout can have pretty profound effects on how much customers end up ordering and how much they end up spending. Uh, so one example, specific example that we discovered quickly is that if you give customers too many options, they often make no decision at all. Mm. It overwhelms them and they're like, you know what, I don't, I don't want to deal with this. Uh, we did this at one of the restaurants with, with uh, margarita drinks. Um, we decided to allow them to get a more expensive uh, tequila with that margarita. And, and this happened to be a Mexican place that sells lots of different tequilas. So they put every single tequila that they had on the list as an option. And it was something like 37 different tequilas or 20 different tequilas. Um, so customers would see that become really overwhelmed and never decide to get a more expensive tequila with their margarita. And at one point we decided to reduce it down to like five or six and we saw people making a lot more selections. So that was one interesting thing that in theory is counterintuitive. You'd think more choice is better, but um, because of how it ends up appearing on a screen, what it entails for the user experience ends up being worse. Um, so that was one interesting lesson that we discovered. And other, other ones include um, lessons about how to arrange the menu. You know, we've realized a lot of interesting things about how customers will spend different amounts depending on whether we've put the most expensive item at the top of a section or the least expensive item for that section at the top of the section. Um, there are a lot of interesting menu psychology things that restaurants can start to play around with and start to exploit more with a tool like this because they can constantly make changes to the menu and then track the effects of those changes, whereas that's a lot harder with, with uh, physical menus. So, so there are a lot of patterns um, that we've seen that have been fascinating and we're obviously using them to, to alter how we, we design the platform and, and to make changes for, for future customers. Yeah, and I love that aspect of being able to change it frequently if uh, to test if something's working. That's actually a really, really good aspect of it. The um, the uh, choices that that is a good learning, and we happen to be—I don't know when this will be released—but we happen to be talking on Cinco de Mayo, so the margarita case is a good example. And hopefully, they're selling a lot today uh, <laughs> in their restaurant uh, for that. But um, anyway, so uh, let's let me let me scroll down here. The uh, the one that I wanted to ask you about, and and this I this I see is a as a big learning for a lot of folks, especially as whether it relates to online ordering or in this case, in the actual restaurant itself, but you're not gonna get as many mistakes if someone is literally putting the thing in themselves and choosing no cheese, no this, no that, it should be correct versus chicken scratch. Like you see you know, uh, on, the, on, the, on the graphic there and you can understand how that could be misinterpreted by the chef and, and the cooks and so forth. Uh, what have you seen here? Yeah, I mean, we've we've just seen fewer cases where there are disputes or where there are issues um, associated with with customer meals. Um, you know, it's it's unfortunately a pretty wasteful and unfor and unpleasant experience for a restaurant when someone sends an order back turns out to have been the mistaken order. Um, that's a problem because you know that gets thrown away and then they have to make it from scratch and that can often slow down a wait if they're, if they're a line of people trying to get seated and so on. Um, so we, we've just seen that this happens at much, much lower rates. Uh, you know, the primary reason for why this happens is because servers either can't hear what the customers are saying um, or customers don't remember what they said, think they had said something else. Um, and so in both of those scenarios, if the customer is choosing what they want to order and clicking on it themselves and then sending it, there's no miscommunication possible. Um, and so this has gone down. And it's interesting because to be honest, financially speaking, the effect of this problem is a lot 
smaller than the uh, other effects that this technology, this tool has helped restaurants with. Like the amount of additional revenues restaurants are getting is a huge number, uh, whereas the amount of loss that they're reducing as a result of this is a pretty small number. But because it's operationally frustrating, unpleasant, um, and makes people feel like just things aren't going as properly as they should, uh, it's something that a lot of restaurateurs we found are annoyed with and mm. that they've they've been happy to see happen at lower rates with Breeze. Yeah, well, it, a couple, of, yeah, you make some inter interesting insights there that it may not have as, as giant impact on the, as a sales side, but taking away those mistakes, you know, even if it's 1% here or 2% there can, can make a, a big difference at the end of the day. Plus, I like your point about the perception of, of experience. When you get the right thing the first time, it is a much more pleasant experience than getting the wrong food, waiting, everyone else finishes, you finally get your food, oh, screw it, blah, 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 bite, and take it, take it to go, and it's very inconvenient, and you're, and you're, and you're pissed off. So, so no, no good there. Um, let's, uh, yeah, we, we touched on this, but maybe you want to share any other points. Um, yes, there's still, there could still be service. Yes, there should still be humans involved. No, probably robots aren't, aren't going to take over the whole process anytime soon, but we don't know. Uh, what else are you, are you seeing from the service side? Yeah, I mean, this is something we emphasize a lot because, to be honest, this this problem is what motivated us to start the company. We looked at this type of product and we said, it's it's possible to build a product like this without interfering with service because there are a lot of very menial, a lot of uh, non kind of substantive things that servers do that don't affect the quality of service that guests get. The classic example is swiping your card. When your server is somewhere in the corner of your restaurant, you don't even see them and they're swiping your card. You're not getting service. That's not affecting the quality of, of the experience at, at that restaurant. So if we're taking things like that away from the server's job and letting the customer do them when it's more convenient, uh, that doesn't have to reduce the quality of service at a restaurant. And it, it can if the, the product is not designed carefully and thoughtfully. But if it is designed carefully and thoughtfully in a way that encourages the servers to be present and to still be doing things like upselling, providing recommendations, uh, describing the menu, um, and in fact empowers them to spend more time on these substantive things because we're reducing the amount of focus they have to direct towards menial things like swiping cards, uh, we actually think service can be better. And it's, it's a statement that we repeat a lot because it's genuinely what we've seen at our clients. Um, but a lot of restaurateurs don't frequently believe us because it seems difficult to believe that introducing this type of technology can actually improve service. Uh, but the reason it has at most of our clients is because number one, um, the servers have realized that they can spend that additional amount of time that they have engaging with their customers more. And when they do that, they actually are providing better service because those types of interactions affect quality of service more so than the menial ones. Um, and the other thing is that it's, um, it, it makes the experience better for a customer too if they can get what they want a lot more quickly, regardless of whether that's done through a person or through a, a technology product. Uh, at the end of the day, as long as their concerns are being addressed uh, as quickly and as effectively as possible, that's what makes service as good as it can be. And sometimes addressing those concerns is best done by a person. Other times it's better done by uh, a, a virtual platform. Um, and so what our product does very carefully is it, it's very conscious about when 
uh, one is the case versus the other. When is it better for a person to be helping you versus a, a product? And we think that we've struck that balance really well. And the result is that servers are still very much engaged. They're still very much active. And um, on top of all of that, they're actually spending a lot less time doing boring, unpleasant things that machines tend to be better at doing. Um, so yeah. that's, that's the concept here. Question for you that ties directly into this. The number one thing that we're seeing right now, and probably you as well, uh, in, in the show that we did recently, in the conversations that I'm having on the web, restaurants are having a hard time finding people, finding staff. It is a huge concern right now for various reasons, and we won't go into that. But but let's just throw out the, the hypothetical. Does or have you measured a product like this? Maybe a person could do three tables before, but maybe they can do five now. Or, or can you do more with a system like this in place? Any thoughts there? Yeah, the answer is yes, you absolutely can. We've seen servers, um, we've seen servers assigned to about 40%, 50% more tables mm. with Breeze than they were before. Um, it's, it's possible for them to, to serve a larger number of guests with this type of tool. Um, and especially if guests are ordering a large volume of, of their submissions themselves, then it becomes a lot easier for for the servers to to do this. There's you know simply a lot less running around going on. You know, they don't have to go to the POS every time someone enters an order, even if they're entering orders on behalf of customers because they can do it from their device that moves with them. Um, they don't have to run around as much. Uh, so it's it's definitely possible, and we're it's it's not what we built this product for, but we are seeing a lot of restaurants express interest specifically because they're scared that they don't have enough staff for the upcoming surge in demand that right. we're expecting over the next few months. And they know that this will help their servers um, handle a larger number of tables a lot more efficiently and a lot more quickly. Yeah, because honestly, right? I mean, if we sit down with our table of four and I hem and haw, oh, I want this, or what about the special? And what about that? Like it, it that could take a long time to, to run through four people uh, switching their mind. And then you come back to, to mom or kid and then they change their... Or Sprite to root beer, uh, which which happens, but or, or, you know all that stuff takes a lot of time, and absolutely the the, the app can can uh, diminish that. Uh, I, I I think there's maybe one more part of the side I want to go to, but as you're talking, I want to think about tips. Have you seen any um, information about the average tip has gone up, gone down, gone sideways? What do you think? Yeah, it's a great question. So it's it's basically unchanged. It's gone up a small amount, but not enough to be attributable to, mm -hmm. to Breeze specifically. So um, we, you know, from what we've seen so far, it, it has remained unchanged. And the implication for waiters is that they make more money because on average, they have a larger number of guests and tables per shift. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the same percentage tips apply to a larger volume of guests, uh, obviously results in, in uh, more earnings for them. Yeah. Um, and the reason that, you know, we, we were very interested to see what, what this would look like. A lot of people told us and warned us, they said tips will fall, be prepared for that because of your product. And it hasn't happened. And the reason we think it hasn't is because there's so much emphasis in this entire product and, and how it's rolled out and, and how it's designed on human interaction. You know, we're very careful to preserve and maintain that interaction where it makes sense. The servers are instructed that this is the concept. You know, the servers are told like, hey, this isn't here to take your job away. This is here to help you and you need to continue engaging. And this is how it's going to help you do that. Um, so we think that because of that, uh, because of that uh, emphasis, tips have continued to, to be stable. Yeah, I think, well, 
uh, I think I think it's down on this next thing, but but one of the things that I've seen happen with technology, whether it's an online order or or, or, or elsewhere, is and I'm sure your tech does. Hey, would you like to tip 15, 18, 20 percent? And so now now my math is easy. I'm not doing it in my head. I just hit the 20 percent button. Boom, it's in there. I don't even think about it. And so that I've seen uh, boost tips just by itself, just by being a button, just by being there. And of course, I think uh, this last year has made customers a little bit more uh, sensitive to giving tips to service staff because of the, um, you know, the pandemic and everything that's gone along with that. And we're, we've all been sensitive to, okay, I understand that uh, we all need to uh, pitch in maybe a little bit more. So um, yeah, last thing we'll touch on, and then we'll kind of, kind of start to wrap up, but yeah, this, this, this is probably the checkout process. Yeah, there you go right there. It's the, the part about 15, 20, 20, 20% exact, exactly is right on there. So they can split their checks. You can pay right from there. What would you add about this? Um, I would just highlight that this this saves a lot of time for servers and for restaurants as well. Uh, it gives guests something that they like and frequently request that restaurants don't love doing because it's very onerous. Uh, so not only can guests split their bills evenly among however many of them there are at a table, but they can also itemize their bill, which a lot of guests like to do because, you know, if you go out with a bunch of people and some of them spend a lot, others don't spend a lot, splitting evenly can often be frustrating. Um, but this allows guests to click on exactly the items that just they ordered and paid only for those. Um, I know in New York City, for instance, if you ask a restaurant to do this, they'll tell you no. <laughs> uh, I know in some other places they might accept the request but not be very happy about it. Um, but this, this we think saves restaurants a lot of annoying work, a lot of receipt printing and swiping, um, and also lets guests do something they wanna do um, in an even more convenient way. Yeah, man. So two things like one, uh, you hit on people spend different amounts, right? You might get the steak, they may get the burger, you may get two beers, they may get a glass of water. And when they says, Oh, let's just split it equal. They're like, well, what are we talking about split it equally? Um, that could that could, that's kind of not fair. Uh, but yet it happens. And so the other part is like we go out with kids, not so much now with, with COVID, but historically, the kids are on teams, go out after practice, go out after the game, 10, 20 people sitting there, can we split the check? Some people are like, Oh, fine. Like, and it's a nightmare and they don't like to do it. Of course we insist because of, of the, of the situation for, for, for the 98% of the time. And yeah, so, but if the technology can make it easier for everybody, that's a hundred percent win. So, um, big, uh, big, big deal. Let me jump. I'll jump out of this and we'll. And one other thing to add that I forgot to mention, I probably should have is that, uh, in, in line with this philosophy of letting customers choose whether they want to use a server or, or their phones and exactly how they want to make that split. Um, guests can pay for their checks even if they didn't scan the QR code mm -hmm. up until the very end of their meal. You know, mm -hmm. if they want to order everything through their server, uh, not touch their phones during their meal, and, and then at the very end, they're like, oh, let me see if I can pay with my phone, they can use it that way. Uh, so it's possible to only use it for payment at the very end uh, if that's what you want to do. So again, that that helped. Like there, there have been some restaurants that we've spoken with that have said, we really want guests to pay from their tables. We're not sure if we want them to order yet. Like we're maybe not ready, but we'll try it in a couple weeks or months. Um, and and that's fine. Like we we realize that some restaurants are are still wrapping their minds around that transition. Not sure if it's appropriate for them, um, but they can still use some of the other benefits, use some of the other tools like letting servers submit orders without having to run to the POS, um, even if they're not ready for, for everything that it entails yet. Dude, um, 100% on the pay, just pay, just pay at the end. Uh, if you gave me a QR code that I could scan at the end, like not, it, would be, it would be a big deal. I mean, just, just last week we're eating, 
kids, kids want to go, got to go to the next thing. And it's like, oh, we're, 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 about to, we're about to pay. Don't worry about it. Relax, relax. Everything's fine. We're going to be out of here in two minutes. Of course, you know the story from there. You know, you get the check, give the check back. 20 minutes later, you're finally, you're finally walking out. And that, that is a frustrating thing. And I, I interviewed someone else similarly on the same, same topic. And it's a pain point. It's, uh, you, could, you could clear the tables faster. You can, move, you can move the turn. You can make the customer happy and so forth. All that just by using a little bit of technology and making it smart. So I don't know, I don't know where the servers go when I want to pay them. I, that, I, you may <laughs> see them, but when I want to pay and get out, I don't know where the heck they go sometimes. It's crazy. So um, I, know that's a, I know that's a big they're deal. They're hiding. So, it's, not, it's not a fun task printing your receipt. It's annoying. They're, I, they're hiding. I guess. I don't know, hide, hide and seek time happens. It's, sometimes I go looking for them too. Uh, anyways, but um, all right. So we wrap up. Any last points? Uh, point them to your website, social, anywhere, anywhere you want them to go. Um, no, not not really. I just um, uh, I, I appreciate the time that that we took going over everything. If um, you know, I think in general, it, one of the interesting things we've seen is that e even though the pandemic is becoming less of a concern, there's actually more and more interest in this type of of thing. And I think that guests and even servers. Are, are becoming accustomed and have started adapting to, you know, just kind of a different operational system at restaurants. And I think some of those changes are here to stay after the pandemic. Um, so it's, it's not surprising to us that we've continued to see, you know, lots of restaurants even more eager to try stuff like this um, now that things are approaching normality. Yeah, I think a lot of the lessons learned will be kept. I think some of the tech stuff will be kept and ingrained into the DNA moving forward for operational efficiencies, finding profits in a, in a business that is very, very thin and difficult to run. So we need to we need to iron out as many inefficiencies in the system as possible. So you guys are in a really fun kind of exciting spot to do that. So all right, folks, that was Stefan Kumjab of Breeze. You can find them on the web at breezetab.com, correct? Breezetab.com. That's right, breezetab.com. Gotcha. So breezetab.com for more great restaurant marketing, operations, service, people, and tech tips. You can stay tuned to us here at runningrestaurants.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Thank you.